0: The deeper Christian life is no deeper than that of the clear teaching of God's Word. It is not a mystery withheld from anyone, but made known to all who will listen and obey. Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. May Christ lead you deeper into Himself today, as together we explore God's Word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hugen. John chapter 1 verse 9 speaks of Christ as that true light that lights every person, and says that that light was coming into the world. Jesus is the true light because he is undeceiving light. He is real light as opposed to reflected light. He is underived light. He is supernal light. That is, he is a light above all lights. And this light lights every person. Christ is the light that flashes across the soul of every human being and wakens in them a conscience. Your conscience is evidence of Christ's presence, triggering in you a sense of right and wrong. The conscience always speaks to us about right and always speaks to us about wrong, and it speaks to us all about ourselves. Nobody has a guilty conscience about somebody else. It's just about you. It doesn't put you in a group, not even in a Bible-toting group, not even in a Ten Commandment-knowing group. The conscience singles you out and runs a solitary checklist on your life, and behind it is the light that's Jesus Christ. Little kids can try to salve their consciences. A little boy knows that he's gotten in trouble with his mommy all day long and he can feel the spanking coming soon, right? He knows it's been mounting up and for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to turn from his naughty ways. And his conscience is convicting him. And now he wants to salve that conscience and he also wants to somehow dissipate as much as as he can the punishment that's coming upon him. And so he goes and he nabs a little brother and a little sister as well. He brings them into the presence of mom and dad or mother. And they don't know what's taking place. And then comes his confession. Mommy, we have not been very good today. We've been really naughty. We've been unkind and we've been angry. And we want you to forgive us. Forgive us for not being good boys and girls. And we're sorry, mom, that we've not been good today. And you know what he's doing. (laughs) He's salving his conscience. It maybe makes him feel a little bit better. At least it dissipates. It dissipates the energy of the answer to his confession. It kind of puts it on the other kids that are gathering around that have no idea what's going on here. I didn't know I was being bad to mom or dad. But he didn't come to that conclusion together in a group. They didn't sit down and all of a sudden together start feeling guilty. No, he came to that sense of guilt all by himself. God speaks to us. He speaks to you all by yourself to convict you of your sin. And this conscience that you have, is an expression of the unseen, mysterious presence of the word in the world putting light, spiritual light, into your life. And even in the darkness, man cannot completely squelch his conscience because the darkness cannot overcome the light. Christ is still shining. Tozer gives us an example of how Christ intensifies the light of conscience in John chapter 8. There we have the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. And the Pharisees brought the woman who was caught in adultery to the Lord Jesus. They said to him, the law requires that she be stoned. Now the law required that not only she be stoned, but the person that she was caught in adultery with be stoned, but he's not present. We don't know where he is. But the Lord doesn't quibble with them. He doesn't quibble over the Entry is a law. He doesn't quibble and ask them where is the other offending party so that we can stone both of them at the same time for economy's sake. The Lord simply, we're told, draws in the sand. As he's drawing the sand, he looks at them and he says, All right, you who is without sin cast the first stone. And in that statement, he allowed, I believe, to emit from him the light of his presence among them. And their conscience became inflamed and were told that they departed one by one from the oldest to the youngest. The wisest ones first, (laughs) walked away. Then the young warrior zealots began to feel the heat and light of their own sin as well. And they walked away too. Christ had shone in upon their hearts. He had poured out his holy presence, shining on their hearts, conviction, conviction conscience. Christ's convicting work in our day and age, carried out by the Holy Spirit, is described in John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. It's a work that the Lord Jesus says will be brought forward to its fullest potential and its greatest power by the life of the church, filled with the person of Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit, and bringing the message of Jesus Christ to the world. And in that message that we bring to the world, you know what you bring more than anything else? When you as a member of the body of Christ filled with the Spirit of God proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, you don't just shine forth the gospel story of the way of salvation. What you do first above everything else is you intensify the light of a man's conscience. You make him feel guilty for his sin. That's why they don't like it. That's why they resist it. This is what Jesus says in John 16 verses 8 through 11. When the Spirit has come, he's speaking of Pentecost, when the Spirit comes upon the church, he will convict all men of sin and righteousness and judgment. Of sin because they believe not in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world has been judged. Will you notice here that the Height of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in the world of men takes place when Christ's name and His story and His life is sounded forth by the power of the Holy Spirit. This conviction, this consciousness of sin and their lack of righteousness and the certainty of judgment coming upon them comes in the light of Jesus Christ because He is the light that lights every man that comes in the world. And when we speak of Jesus Christ, we turn up the volume of conviction upon men and women. And we speak of Jesus Christ, and when we present Jesus Christ to the conscience, and we present him before men and women, and before ourselves, we turn up the light of Christ to make apparent the sin in our lives, and their lives, because he is the light that lights every man. When we speak, by the way, of Jesus Christ, we're not speaking of something that is foreign to them. We're speaking of one who has been provoking their consciences since they were aware of conscience. He's always been the light. He's always been there. What's the application to all these things? How do we apply this? Well, I would say the application is this. Our world needs light. Our children need light. The conscience that you have can become dull. It can become seared. The Bible even warns us it can become evil. It can be turned about and have a wrong light as its reference point. Instead of letting the light of the Son of Jesus Christ shine upon it, it draws in the light of some false light to cast some false shadow. It can be corrupted in every way. It can happen in your life. It can happen in my life. We can become dull and insensitive to the ways that are right and good and true. And there's only one remedy for it in your life. There's only one remedy for it in the lives of your children. There's only one remedy for what this world needs. It's Jesus. It needs more of the Lord Jesus. So let me give you a remedy for a dulling and sensitive conscience. It's this. Talk often about the Lord Jesus. Let Him be a constant source of your conversation because Our world needs to be brought back to the light. Our children need, in this dark age, more and more of the light. And if darkness cannot prevail and overcome this light, it means it cannot overcome the life of Jesus Christ and His story. So tell it. Present Him. Speak of Him. We need it. We can let our consciences become seared as we've said. The only way back to spiritual softness and the only way back to spiritual soundness for the conscience that has become calloused and dulled and seared and even become evil is Jesus Christ. It's to talk about Him in our homes. It's to talk about Him with our countrymen. It's to talk about Him and make Him a member of every community that we belong in. And let me just say this, if He is not welcome in any community that you belong in, you shouldn't be welcome there either. If There's some place where you find the heart of your participation in life, and if you were to bring in Christ in that place and be completely rejected, then be rejected! But bring the light wherever you go. Being Christ, His presence, His story, His life, His sensitivities, His desires, bring it everywhere Because everywhere the world needs light. Our family, our children, you need always more and more light. Well, the third point we'll get to next week. But let's just anticipate what we're going to talk about. It says this, the true light was coming into the world. John is writing from the time in which Christ had already come, but he's providing us with a narrative, a historical narrative of his coming. In just a short while, he'll tell us the life of Christ, and we'll read it through the Gospel of John. He doesn't give us, as Matthew does, the story of Joseph. He doesn't give us, as Matthew does, the story of the wise men who came to the manger. He doesn't give us what Luke gives us in the account of the angel who came to Zechariah and Elizabeth and to Mary. He doesn't give us those accounts. He simply says this, the light was coming. That's it. He was coming into the world. There are words that are filled with a sense of suspense. The God that he has just talked about, the one who holds together all creation by his very power and is the spark of life in the eyes of every person, the one who is the impulse of life and light and spiritual life and light, that true light, that undeceiving, underived, real, super light that light that lights all the consciences of men speaking right and wrong into their lives, that light which all people have lived under as a constant influence over them, was coming into the world. That light was coming. And the real question to be asked is, what would they do with the light once it came? How would they handle this flash of glorious light that would shine upon them? We know something of the story. We know that he came, and we know somewhat of how he was treated from the start. He was shunted to the stable. He was given a place, but not much of a place. He was pursued as a celebrity, but he was rejected as a savior. He was listened to until they understood him, and then they crucified him in order to quiet his message and his light. They rejected him. He came unto his own and his own received him not because men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They turned away from him in the same way and in the same manner in which people today and always have turned away from the true purpose of their own consciences. Just as they have treated their consciences, so they treated Christ with some attention, but ultimately with a certain definite disregard. But not everyone. Some opened their hearts to this light. They received him and they believed in him. And as a result, they were transformed into sons and daughters of the light. And they were given a commission to shine that light into all the world. We can't equate the Lord Jesus with a person's conscience entirely. We go so far as to say that this conscience is a reflection of the light of Christ's presence and His holy demands bearing in upon the soul of another. And we can also say this, that following your conscience will not lead you to salvation. No person can be saved by simply following their conscience and doing what their conscience dictates to them. But tracing that conscience back to the one whose light ignited it can lead them to their Savior. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Bread of Life. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.